0: Science fiction chapter from the novel Old Earth Melchior Encounter for the first time. Zuri stopped before Melchior's house, silhouetted against the late afternoon sunlight behind, and grabbed the cresta by his bio suit. Where is she? A line of sweat dripping from the side of his face, his golden eyes red rimmed and his suit smeared with road dirt, Tarragon reared back. Don't handle me! Abashed by his impetuous move, Zuri clamped down his anger, dropped his hands, and tried to form coherent words. Where is my daughter? Brushing imaginary dirt off his front, Tarragon shrugged. How should I know? She was playing Servant Girl with Sterling and that Luxonian boy last I saw. A group of men tromped out of Melchior's front door and pounded down the steps. In boisterous conversation, they headed toward the stables. Zuri motioned Tarragon around the far side of a shed. The scent of dried hay drifted into his nose, making him sneeze. He clapped his hand over his face, muffling the sound. Tarragon snorted. And you complain about my native sensitivity? At least I can control my bodily functions. Wiping his face with his arm, Zuri glared at the rotund cresta. So she was all right when you saw her? She was fine. I don't understand. She hasn't answered one of my messages. With an elegant eye roll, Tarragon started toward Selby's old shed. We can discuss matters in there. Knowing how superstitious these people are, they probably won't use it again for a long time. Striding in the crest of sign, Zuri paced along, his anxiety settling into mild concern. They're going to burn it down tomorrow. Tarragon ducked his head as he entered the front doorway. We have it for tonight then. He stretched and sighed, staring longingly at the bed. I have endured much to find you. Alert again, Zuri kept his gaze fixed on the Cresta. What? Alarm spread through him. You said that Nova was fine. She is. Terragon flopped down on the rickety bed. But Mauve will never be the same. Mauve? I thought she was at the widow's place. She was, until she got a little too inquisitive and discovered the mystery aliens playing fools in front of everyone. She found them. And they, or he, the younger one, found her annoying. She was, rather. But still, he took justice a tad far, methinks. His heart pounding, Zuri stepped further into the dim interior, wishing he still had his night vision. Where is Mauve now? Shattered to pieces on the rocky coast. Not a chance she can be put together again. I checked. Caught off guard by the violent image, Zuri fell back and sat down hard on the stool. She's dead then? Even a Luxonian couldn't fix her. After an embarrassing incident, she planned to take revenge, so I followed and watched her saunter up to the mystery boy on the edge of the cliff. They chattered a few moments, but even from that distance, I could see. He wasn't the fool she was. Poof! She was turned into a statue, and he nudged her over the cliff. People say Crestonians are cold. This was positively arctic. Oh, God, what about Sterling? Blood rushing to his ears, a faint dizziness, swirled the room. If they're that dangerous, we need to get off the planet. We must get the children. Calm yourself, Ingot. I don't believe that the mystery bean meant any harm. He simply wanted to remove Maul's annoying presence. She planned to kidnap him, you know. Maybe he was just protecting himself. In any case, they haven't injured anyone since we've been here, but they could have long ago. And they did try to warn her. She just wouldn't listen. Exhausted, but more determined than ever, Zuri pulled out his data pad and tapped it to life. Start from the beginning, from when you first met Mauve, and tell me what happened. As soon as we have this on record, we're heading to the widow's castle to get Sterling and the kids. Tarragon waved a tentacle in the air. I'll make the report, don't worry. But we're not going anywhere. Everyone is heading here. All we have to do is wait for the family reunion. Teal braced himself as Calesta sat on the edge of his bed and scooped strawberry ice cream from a bowl. She held the spoon invitingly before his face. Teal waved it away. I'm not hungry. You need to eat. No, I don't. All right, you don't. But it would be good for you anyway. You're not going to get over your depression until you start inviting cheer into your life and there is nothing more cheerful than strawberry ice cream. Teal stared at her. callista laid the bowl aside and rose. She stepped to the window and lifted the white curtain aside, peering into the distance. The sound of surf rolling on shore repeated in rhythmic rounds as two birds flew across the sky. Teal tossed back the sheet covering his body and then as embarrassment flooded him, shrank back. Where are my clothes? Callista padded to a shelf, pulled rolled-up pants and a shirt into her arms and carried them to the bed. She placed them next to him and strolled back to the window. Discombobulated by his unaccustomed blushing reaction, Teal unrolled the baggy cotton pants and tugged them on. Then he pulled the matching cream-colored shirt over his head. With a deep breath, he steadied himself and paced to the window. Thank you. He glanced aside, startled at the somber look in her eye. For everything, he shrugged. I'm not a very good patient, I'm afraid. Not used to being taken care of. You're a parent. Being helpless isn't comfortable. Teal pressed her arm. Nova will be all right. Zuri knows what he's doing. Calesta shook her head. We're past our time. Nova will have to take care of herself soon. Teal swung aside, facing her more directly. What does that mean? You have countless ages ahead of you. Calesta gripped the window frame. The breeze blowing tendrils of hair off her face. There is a price for everything. Zuri refused his neural transplants, all the attachments, for too long to turn back. I took on human form to have a child, and it has cost much. Tears stung Teal's eyes. But Song, surely she can help you like she helped me. Her lips quivering, Callista met his gaze. Song revived you. She can't cure you. Taking his hand, she led the way to the door, the rolling ocean waves and bright sunshine. Teal let himself be drawn along and understood for the first time what death really meant. Omega picked up a slimy piece of broken clay from the foamy sea waves and stared at it. A strong wind blew over him, tossing his hair into his eyes. He picked up another piece and placed their jagged edges side by side. They didn't fit together at all. On impulse, he waved, and a cloth bag suddenly hung limp in his hand, with a swift motion The clay fragments floated out of the water and he opened the mouth of the bag, scooping in pieces like a net capturing fish from the sea. Once the bag was full, he splashed ashore and dashed up the trail. In a quiet corner of the courtyard, he spread the broken pieces in the sun and laid them flat. He chewed his lip, perplexed. What to do next? He had never had to do anything like this before, and he wasn't sure how to start. "'What you've got there?' a burly soldier tromped forward and stared over Omega's crouched figure. "'Oh, you broke something, eh?' he whistled low. "'No putting that back together, son. It's ruined, see?' he patted Omega's shoulder. Best to man up and face the wrath of the owner than try to hide the mess out here. She'll figure it out eventually. Further disoriented, but hopeful for some direction, Omega shielded his eyes from the glare of the sun and squinted at the older man. How do you know I can't put her back together? A snort and a chuckle accompanied the man's grin. It's clay, young fool. Clay dissolves in the water, salt water most assuredly. I've never been so partial to a vessel that I'd call it a she, but my captain and I loved our ship. She was a beauty in our eyes. With a shake of his head, Omega rose to his feet. Abbas marched across the hard ground with a stern look in his eyes. My father's coming. I best meet him. He scattered the clay pieces. The soldier turned and faced the white-haired man coming his way. His face crunched in concentration. Ah, you be the fool that entertained us. I only got to see you once. Duty calls at unfortunate moments. He smiled as Abbas stopped before him. Good evening. Abbas offered a quick nod of acknowledgement and then stared at his son. Where have you been? The soldier lifted his hand like a benevolent referee. Don't be too hard on him. Been trying this long while to put the thing back together. But it's a lost cause he knows now. So he'll pay restitution and be done with the fear and guilt of it. With an obvious swallow, Abbas choked out his question. What did you break, son? Mauve, his jaw clenched. Abbas gripped Omega's arm as he nodded a polite goodbye to the warrior. Omega trotted at his father's side across the battered earth. Where are we going? To join the others and away from here. You don't mind about Mauve? She was being annoying. Abbas dragged his son into the shelter of a dark corner and shook him by the shoulders. You have no idea what you've done. Grieved by his father's fury, Omega whined. But I tried to put her back together. If you thought putting her together was hard, you have no idea what you've just shattered. Our whole existence is based on absolute secrecy. You can be sure now that not only are we known, we are hated. As if he had just tasted something very bad, Omega wrinkled his nose. Hated? What did that even mean?